podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, and even good morning from wherever you are listening to LinkedIn Live. My name is Naishad Gadani, and I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under. And as you see, Caroline's not in today. Uh, she's gone on a sickie. Uh, I'm joking. You know, she's not gone on sickie, but she has uh, you know, taken a day off. She wanted to spend some time. Uh, with her friends. So, you know, uh, good luck, Caroline. Hope you are having a great time wherever you are having your lunch, uh, you know, down uh, Bayside suburbs of uh, Melbourne. But today it is solo. Uh, and I'll be flying solo the way Caroline did last week. But let me tell you why you see me coming up on your LinkedIn screen every day, 3 p.m., because I'm here to deliver a care package, a career care package to you in this uh, trying circumstances. And uh, our intention is to provide hope and insight and guidance and interesting ideas in these uh, circumstances to you so that you can navigate uh, the COVID-19 powerfully and you have got different ways to, to navigate this time. So that's why we bring different ideas, different perspectives, the guests uh, to to enlighten us and to bring a new perspective to the situation. So today it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Declan Kluwer. He's from Blended Employment Solution. We tried to get Declan in uh, probably in the first week of our show, but due to technical glitches, we could not uh, you know, get him, but uh, we made sure that he's got everything sorted and I've got everything sorted so that we can uh, bring him in. Declan, welcome uh, from, uh, you're from Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah, sunny Queensland, as you can see outside. So um, it's not too sun. It's a little bit overcast today, so we're not used to it. But it's getting cold. I feel like we're in Melbourne. I think um, the other day in May, it was a lot coldest day ever in a hundred years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 yeah, well, welcome. I know, Declan, it's, it's really a pleasure uh, you know, to have you uh, because we got to know each other through Manisha, uh, you know, who was kind enough to come on our my LinkedIn live probably last year and shared yeah. her story of how she landed a job as a as a migrant. So, you know, thank you for giving her a chance because it is very important to acknowledge, uh, you know, the, the contribution and the the support that migrants or international graduates receive from the employers, uh, you know, so that they also feel optimistic and hopeful. But let's oh, really talk you. about, uh, you know, Declan, you know, give, tell us your story. How did you get started into recruitment? Give us some background. My story, I think, um, well, I'm actually a boilermaker and coach bodybuilder by trade. So I was a tradesperson, um, got qualified. And then I think like my, a lot of people, they sort of fall into it and um, and then they find it's a bit of a niche that, that they enjoy. and. And then their career sort of stems from there. So it was really one of my friends was working at my, the previous company where I worked at called Rock Consulting here in Brisbane. And he referred me on to um, to get a position with them. We did sales sales recruitment. 
so similar to what we do at the moment. And it was, um, yeah, I just sort of hit the ground running. I got lucky with my first uh, first client and then um, filled a couple of positions early, got got used to it and, and just really enjoyed it. And then, um, and then I started Blended almost two years ago. It's gone quick. So September 2018, we... Um, we started and then, yes, that's sort of the history ever since. That's a quick Excellent. snapshot. So, oh, wow. So how long did you work as a boilermaker in trades? Yes, yeah, so I worked, uh, literally my apprenticeship lasted four years. So yep. from 2010 to 2014. So we were doing, we were making fire trucks, ambulances, emergency response vehicles for the mines, wow. all, um, those type of specialty vehicles. Yeah, wow. It's very really interesting, you know, because, you know, you know, coming from a trades background and, you know, a lot of people make the career change, career transition, reinvention, yeah. whatever they call. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm you know, sort of also interested to know what really was a trigger for you to to find out what other vocation could be or did you just fail yeah. into that by accident? Or oh, with being in a trade? No, no, just being in the recruitment from trade to recruitment. So I left, um, so I, I finished my trade. My dad was a, he was a maintenance fitter and he was always you know, harping on about, you got to get a trade, got to get a trade. It's a good qualification to fall back on. And, um, that's what I, like everyone in my family, no one went to university yeah. and was in, in trade. So that's just what I did. And then um, each year that went on, I just, it just wasn't really for me. I didn't, um, didn't think I was getting, you know, I didn't, just didn't enjoy it. Um, so then I, we finished, I finished in 2014 and then me and a friend, we started a, a cold pressed juice business with no idea what we were doing. Um, so we started making, we started at the markets and we saved up some money and opened it. Um, we started bottling our own juices to sell to schools wow. and cafes. Um, and then we bought a, we bought a really expensive commercial juicer and then mm. we 12 months in and then my business partner at the time, he decided he wanted to be a plumber and he was um, obviously earning great income doing that and he didn't really see this juicing as a long-term thing. So um, so we shut it down and then we had to pay off this juicer. And sure. it was 2014, 2015, like the mines weren't very busy because there was a bit of a downturn in oil and gas yeah. and mine. So I couldn't get a job in the mines. I just kept getting rejected. And um, I didn't really try too hard because I didn't really want to be working away all the time. You know, I was sure. 21, 22, my friends were here. So, but I had to pay off this juicer. So I was like, I got a job in actually car sales because it was the only job I could get with no experience. Yes. So I was on, um, yeah, very low base, but at least I got yes. a job. So I, well, I didn't care what job I did. I just didn't want to go back to sure. being a boiler and I just needed to pay this juicer off. That's all I worried about in my life at that time. So um, to get out of debt from this $27,000 juicer. Um, so then I got a job in car sales. I paid down the juicer. And then it was about 18 months I did it for in car sales. And then one of my friends told me about recruitment. And this is how naive I was. I didn't even know people get paid to find people jobs. Like that's literally, that's the honest truth. And then I, I went to an interview. I really liked my boss. And I was like, yeah. oh, I really like, want to give this a go. Um, so then I got into, yeah, I worked there for, um, a year and 11 months. And then I think that, that like looking back, probably like being your own boss and having a juice, like when we had a little team and stuff that just always resonated with me, like a, it sort of lights you up. And so, um, then I went to, then that's how come I, I wanted to start blended. So we, it was called blended juices. The juice <laughs> okay. <company. laughs> 
And I was joking with my mate. I was like, oh, imagine if we called it a blended employment. He's like, why don't you? So then, yeah, that's how we came up with the name. Wow. Oh, that's so a fascinating thing. Yeah, I'm much better at making juices than I am filling rolls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really awesome, you know, because, you know, it, it's like, you know, it's some trigger, some, you know, something that really drives you. And that's what it is, you know, pretty fascinating. By And, uh, you know, was it too difficult in your head to adapt to that kind of changes? Because trade is a very different environment. Now, obviously, I've not worked in trade, but I'm exposed. I was exposed to that to a certain degree. So I know it's a very different environment and coming there to, to work in an office or to, to sell. Was it too different mentally for you to make those changes? Um, no, because we went from, like, I always worked in retail. Like, on the weekends, uh, I still started yeah. out working at Nike, Amart All Sports through school. So I was always, always interacting with customers. And when you, like, from, if you look at being a tradesman to recruitment, yeah, that would be a big step. But, you know, I went from, you know, always doing retail sales. We did the sure. juice guys. We were serving clients. And then we went to do the bottle juice. So then we had to proactively reach out to clients to get new business. We'd go to marketing. Um, and then I ended up in um, car sales where everyone comes to you. So, like, yeah. it was gradual, even though it was, like, within 18 months, two years to get into recruitment. It was pretty, looking back, it was pretty gradual. So it wasn't like I was just dropped, dropped the welder and all of a sudden calling people on the phone. <laughs> But well, that that's really awesome, and that's the, you know it, it just uh, you know it just gives that faith to and all the listeners also you know that is what is very very important thing is is that it is possible for you to reinvent uh, you know your career and I I really liked this story you know if I can give another dimension to that is that you know you were always involved into some other vocation as well simultaneously. So you know, yeah. as you said, customer facing roles, uh, you know, selling juice, uh, you know, juice and everything else, so, you know, while you are managing your sort of trades role. And that's yeah. what I think makes it interesting because you were then able to, I don't like to use that word again, but pivot to what your natural abilities are. Because it seems to me, uh, Declan, by talking to you, by listening to your story, that that sales or, or being involved with people comes very naturally to you isn't it yeah well it actually um you know blake who i referred to you yeah so we've been mates for years and it actually i was in grade 10 or 11 and i was really shy and i would mm. never talk like i wouldn't go out of my way to talk to people and um blake's very out there and you know he's very comfortable with people and he goes mate everyone thinks you're arrogant and i was like what oh. like, i would never i don't have a i don't think i'm arrogant and um yeah and then he's like yeah you actually need to talk to people because they think you're just rude and i was just shy and then yeah. from that what it sort of made me look at myself and then um and then i was oh. more conscious of that wow. so then, you know saying hello to people saying thanks yeah please and thank you but like saying hello going out of your way making small chat at a bus stop or something then yeah you build up yeah it's a bit of a slap in the face but i never forget that he just straight Absolutely. out told me Tell me absolutely. that, and that changed everything. Absolutely, absolutely. So now let's talk about how, because you, you know, uh, recruitment, uh, you know, is also heavily impacted in this COVID nineteen times. You know, we have seen yeah. recruiters losing jobs. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we had a couple of people, couple of recruiters last month. They themselves uh, were made redundant, and they were kind enough to come and talk about uh, what are they doing and what they can do for the job seekers. But I want to understand from 
from a business point of view how have you survived you know personally and professionally during these times yeah i think um like last month was really bad in recruitment that's the worst month i've ever had since we started um i think you know we had a really good start to the year like 20, the start to 2020 everyone was excited we had you know we placed a lot of roles so we had um business wise we're in a good position yeah. so that definitely helped us out um and then with and then we like when it would have been the last week of march early april we had all of our our whole pipeline fell over so oh, it all yeah. fell over clients pulled out on jobs everything got cancelled people that were due to start were then pushed you know the start dates were changed and then ultimately they didn't start and yeah it was all it was a big shock at the time um so then it was just getting through that week really and just trying to stay positive and then now in queensland we've had a few roles come back this month so which is really positive um and because we mainly do a lot of work between we don't do two, we got a couple of clients in sydney but mainly in queensland and melbourne are mostly our yeah. clients so melbourne um melbourne's picked up a, a little bit but with the restrictions being a bit more relaxed up here we've been able to pick up more jobs in um in queensland so um things are getting back on the up um you know yeah. we're not the biggest business in the world so Sure. um it's not like we've got 15 20 wages to pay so we're quite nimble and you know we've suppliers like seek have been really helpful in, in helping us you know cut back on major costs with um on their end and they've been offering that from you know themselves so we've been able to um cut back on a few costs which would have been sure. big otherwise. um and then just just stay positive um we've merged with a company called work health checks so we've mm. been um, selling and marketing with on they take care of the back end of stuff and we manage more client services things. Yeah. So we do that for them. Um, so that's been good. We do pre-employment checks, exit checks, mental health checks, um, return to work. So they, they're all medically accept, um, medically reviewed and assessed assessments. Yep. So that's been sort of our Trojan horse as well, being able to pivot mm. and now that's an extra service that we have yeah. integrated um, with Blended, which I think is great for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, uh, you know, you were kind of cut back on cost and became more nimble in, in yeah. how you approach things. You don't realize how many subscriptions you sign up to without even knowing. And then you check over and you're like, oh, well, what's this again? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree. How many subscriptions? They may be $14 or $100 a month, but they add up yeah yeah agree agree and if you're not using it you know then that's where it makes it uh you know uh, difficult uh sometimes yeah. you know if you're if you're using it that's fine um but have you did you ramp up your efforts on on uh you know during this time did you put in more efforts to go to the to the employer and understanding what are they struggling with so that you kind of uh you know build that ongoing relationships with them yeah we have to just do the best we can in um in that regard like in regards to getting new clients like last yeah. month it was it was super rough there's freezes on everywhere no one's meeting yeah. anyone everyone was pretty depressed like we were still yeah. cold calling marketing to new clients yeah and they're like, are you like you know what's going on have you seen how many people are losing their jobs and you're calling up about recruitment because i like this is just my view like seek have a pretty um they've got a big part of the market and there sure. you can gauge how many it says how many jobs are in each industry yeah. Um, and then between, because in sales and marketing, there's usually between eight or nine thousand jobs available, and it dropped down to twelve hundred jobs. So that's wow. like that's like seventy or eighty percent. It's massive drop. Wow. Just like wow. literally, it's it just evaporated. So I think now it's back up to around two and a half thousand. So it's 
Right. You know, two times better Surely. than what it was a month ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what are employers now, you know, since you've just started to see some uh, ray of hope, what are employers are telling you now? Are they uh, more optimistic? Are they still kind of cautious? Obviously, you know, you, you know, um, you know, the the impact of job keeper, uh, you know, payment is also slowly starting to, or even job seeker payment would be yeah. slowly starting to 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 trickle down in the economy. But what are the employers are really telling you about future of hiring? Yeah, so we work across a range of industries. A lot mm. of online businesses. Um, we we do a lot of work in technical sales positions. So you know, you could be selling to mining companies. Or even like one of our other clients, they supply. Um, well, one of the clients, they, they supply PPE, hygiene, and uniforms mm. and everything. They've they've had a lot of growth through this period, so they're continuing yes. to hire. Um, another another company, they sell um, electrical solutions into the mining sector, so that they're still going ahead. Um, another one of our clients do they do all the uniform for security guards, police, ambulance, fisheries. So those yeah. departments still need to be serviced, so they don't sell to the general public. Um, so, like a lot of business, there's a like this is of course going to happen in the jobs. Like people looking for jobs, there's a lot of negativity. But the businesses yeah. that are still prospering, the, the business owners are positive because you know a lot mm. of people are optimistic in these situations because there's been a yeah. great growth experience for us. These are some of the best times in um, in business, and that sounds really weird to say, but this is when yes. you, know, you get you learn a lot of yourself. You learn how to budget, run your numbers better. You learn how to fight for better deals. You know you. Your, your service has to rise, otherwise you'll be forgotten. Um, and you can't just sit around and do nothing because there's no day when, you know, Scott Morrison's not going to come out and say, all right, guys, everyone back to work. And all of a sudden you get the calls and everything's back. I think because we've been able to stay yeah, open, I know. you're open to good opportunities coming. But if you just get yes. used to being a job keeper, not calling for any new clients, not touching back yeah. any thing, you can, you can pretty much go backwards. And all your hard work you've done up until this stage is just a waste of time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think you got to put in, uh, you know, more money. You know, it feels like sometimes running on the treadmill. You, know, you are running, but the treadmill isn't going anywhere. Yeah. That's all. Like, every time, every time you think something like you're like, this is this is it. Like I've, I've given enough, and I, I, I don't mm. know what's going. So the universe always save you just at the right yeah. time. Even though you wish it saved you a bit earlier, it always just gives you something that's um, out of the blue, and you're like, oh. I needed that. That's what I found. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. So let, let's uh, you know talk about you know you, you know uh, currently. Obviously, you're still receiving phone calls from job seekers. You're still yeah. uh, you know receiving approaches from the job seekers. What are your views on how somebody let's say in a couple of re uh, ways? One is somebody who's been uh, made unemployed or retrenched yeah. right now, or someone who has been unemployed even before. COVID-19 time. So what are your thoughts on how a job seeker should approach the, the current market? And you know, what are some of the ways that they can start to work with the recruitment agencies? Yeah, sure. So it'd be really target, I'd really be picky on the recruitment agencies I, I went to because you'd want them to be the ones that specialize in the industries in which you want to work in. Because um, that's what like I'd find one that actually has has the you know different jobs for you being a recruitment agency um and then also like nothing's really changed to be honest nothing's changed Whoa. like you have to you can only apply on seek linkedin job boards you can still message people on linkedin 
um, DM, DM them. I'll put like, you know, speak to industry specific recruiters in industries that are obviously going ahead. Like, and it's it's pretty simple to see what industries are moving ahead. Like, yeah. you know, and then, um, you know, food production, um, what else would there be? Um, I know oil and gas is taking a back, back seat. It just depends on the type of oil. I'm sort of a bit lost at the moment um, on that. That's fine. But I, yeah. There's not really, there's no new way to do things. There's just a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of volume. Like our ads are getting, you know, for an ad that would usually get 60 applicants, we're sort of getting 200 mm. of wow. um, can supply. Yeah. So wow. we do like very niche positions. So um, yeah. there's a high volume of candidates coming through and applying for positions. And that'll be over a two week period. But that's a, like, it's a lot of people. So, um, wow looking at different ways and not saying every single like obviously not all of sure. those people for the job um but there's sure. just a lot of people because there's obviously still more people in the market and there's less jobs available yes. and yeah. it's always so i'd be looking yeah. at ways and then to, and then a lot of people would be looking at also changing career or applying yeah, the different that, skills into new role isn't it because like for example like recruitment yeah. a lot of recruitment consultants have lost their jobs so they're mm. not really going to get another job in recruitment they'll be looking to change industries so and it's a good opportunity for companies that are going ahead. If you are open to people that want to come from a new industry, there's some great talent out there. Like there's a lot of great people, passionate team, really, really wanting to work. So if you're in a company that's going ahead, now's the time to um, to get some good people on board, I believe. Because usually those absolutely. people still continue working at that workplace. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, you know, walk me through this this you know process. Let's say you know, on an average, you did, let's say you receive 100 applicant applications. Yeah. Do you start to screen the application on the same day that it arrives? Or do you have a kind of, let's say, let the application come through and then we will start to screen them for a specific role in two, three days time? How does that work? Yeah, so we try and we try and be as proactive as possible. So okay. most of our would go up over the weekend. Um, and then you would, so Monday morning, you come in, say that, say you get 200 applicants over two weeks, um, you probably, you get probably 40 or 50 of them in the first 24 hours to 48 hours when, when it goes live and we get on it straight away. So as soon as the, um, as soon as the, the candidates come through, we'll scan through the CVs like straight away every morning. So we'll just update, go through our candidates. So yep. until 10 o'clock, we're scanning through all of our what candidates we have available that have applied overnight or contacted or got back to us from ones that we've reached out to. Yep. And then it's um and then we organize our phone interviews, face-to-face interviews, and then we can present them to our clients. Because if if you leave it, you know, like obviously recruitment's pretty like you don't get paid unless you fill the role. Absolutely. So it's interest to be as proactive as possible. And yeah. if you do it yeah. that way, you can have less work to do because you know it's a pretty mundane job if you're looking at 300 CVs to then sift through for a whole day. You know what I mean? Like, who wants to do that? So if you do it every day, it's little bite-sized chunks. Absolutely. And other activities that are going to be even more beneficial to the to the business as well. Absolutely. So in, do you use an, an applicant tracking system internally for your... No. No, we use, um, we use JobAdder. So we okay. use JobAdder and CRM. Um, so, yeah, it's okay. applicant tracking system, yeah. So does it have an inbuilt ATS where you can scan uh, oh, resume no. for keywords and everything? Yeah, no, there's add-ons for that. But um, okay, but yeah, you can we can do add-ons and, and add sure. into your, your business. But sure. I've I've just sort of maybe old school, but yeah, I just just go through manually and wow. um, 
most of the time, like, you know, like, for example, we got a lighting company, a role at the moment, yeah. and um, the electronics, and they selling into mining. So they need someone who's got mining experience, they need someone who's got sales experience, they need someone from electrical background. So it's, you know, and work and lives in Brisbane within the salary salary range. So like, it's not you're not going to get ten people that have all that experience that are looking Absolutely. for a job right now. So Absolutely. it's um, you, you when you you know what you're looking for and when you find it, it's um. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. So, so how much time, you know, because there are theories around this, right? That, you know, recruiters spend six seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. But give us give us your theory. So you look at, you open up someone's resume. No, how much time <laughs> do you really spend on that? It really, like, you get good at knowing the exact parts to look at. Because you, you have in your head exactly what they need to have. So, um, you know, people who aren't in the industry might think, yeah, this six, six to ten second thing sounds ridiculous. But with, um, I'll just quickly log in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of have a few key points that are common sense to, uh, yeah. to make a, um, a good application. So one, you can see straight away the types of companies they've worked at is going to determine which ones, like they're sort of like, Three or four things I look for straight away, like the types okay. of companies that worked at, um, okay. their tenure, um, where they're located, and if they've got um, Australian contact details. Mm. So you can look at those things pretty quickly. Um, mm. If they haven't worked at the companies that are within the industry that we're in, then like that's a big they because most of the time people need industry experience, so that's a big sure. tick out of the question. Um, sure. Their tenure, if they've changed jobs every, you know two to four months, then that's not going to be good. We usually look for anyone that's been able to maintain two years in a, in a sales position because it takes that long to build up clients to be absolutely. able to um, generate a business. Absolutely, absolutely. So you said four things that you look at. Do you look at, uh, you know, uh, the, the accomplishments, whether what this person has really contributed to the business? Yeah, like it depends. Some people include that. Like uh, okay. I love sales, sales or sales candidate would put in their sales figures. Sure. Like, this was my target. This is what I achieved. Like, but not everyone does that. So absolutely, um, most people have like their professional summary, which is just yeah, a little summary about them, which is pretty similar to everyone. They've got their skills, which is pretty generic. Um, Qualification wise, you know that's handy. Not so much mm. in sales because it doesn't. You could have you know a um an mba or whatever but it might not be um it, it couldn't it's not guaranteed that you're going to be a better salesperson because you've absolutely. done absolutely um, absolutely but you, you always okay some employees make education important like in engineering sales like you'd be selling technical yeah. sales. if you come from an engineering background like mechanical then obviously that'll be a major bonus so we definitely mm. that's prerequisite for that um sales position um absolutely yeah, so we just look at the companies they've worked for, their tenure, okay. and their what the, in their job role. Because if they're going mm. for a, like development role that need to create new business, but their account yeah. manager just looks after managing accounts. Right, they're not working out. Yeah, in a in a BDM role. So yeah, we still yeah. call them, but it's um that sort of. But how do you? How do you? So let's say you know different because at the same time right now people will be changing. Uh, you know, career pathways also. So typically what you said, uh, you know, being an account manager, but I'm just managing a set accounts right now and want to 
and must have done business development work how how do you want uh, you know the that person to really portray the skill on the resume and would that person do you think will have a chance right now in this tough market and uh, or how do they really differentiate themselves yeah like like i said i'd still call them if they um mm. if they say they work for a direct competitor they're in the account management role um and it's a bdm role i'd still call them because i was here mm. for the job so they they obviously want to make some sort of change but if you are changing jobs i'd just put a note in there be like i know i'm account manager yeah. but i'd like to be in a bdm role because mm. bdm's like frontline sales they're the one knocking down doors cold calling building new relationships yep. it's not for the faint-hearted so most account managers sure. um they're the ones that look after an existing portfolio they're really good Absolutely. at customer service they're really good at nurturing existing relationships um, it's two very different types of people. BDMs yes. is knocking on doors, passing them over. The account manager yeah. makes sure they're over-serviced and you know super mm. dark. So, um, and then BDMs sometimes they don't want to. Business development managers don't want to do all that stuff. They just get the thrill out of you know booking the appointment, booking the meeting, getting them signed up, and going on to the next one. So Absolutely. that takes more time to. Um, and some people have in sales, they might have generalized because it's up to the company they work for what they get called. They might be sure. doing, like, example, a candidate today. They might That's true. be an account manager, but mo most of her, like 40% of her role is business development. Yeah. And that's perfect for the role that we were looking for. So uh, she's going ahead and she came yeah, in today. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's just yeah, takes yeah. that, like, if they do, if they're from the industry, because, like, yeah. yeah, people can change industries, but it doesn't mean the clients want people to change industries, you know? So we can only go off what our client wants. That's right, and that and that's what that's what I think uh, is is a very good point, Declan. Is that you know sometimes recruiters are not you know doesn't have a great reputation uh, you know just because you know people feel that they are kind of you know gatekeepers and they are not allowing us to you know sort of get in. But it's the <laughs> it's the it's the employers who who are saying that this is what I want. Get yeah. me this person. I'm I'm not. You know, even though, you know, then it's a tough sell sometime for the recruiter to go back and say, look, I did not find this person, but I found this person. Yeah. You want to continue, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And that's when you just got to work with your clients to, we call it opening up the brief. And mm. um, it may be, they may may have it too strict. And they're limiting themselves to some great talent. Yeah. So yeah. It, um, that's yeah. a 50-50 thing you got to work with, with them together. Yeah, I have I have a theory, uh, you know, and I've, I've never tested with a recruiter, but I'll probably test it with you. What I tell my clients, Declan, is that, look, the recruitment consultants are also, um, you know, kind of, you know, uh, sort of running in to close the order because it's not just one recruitment agency sometimes gets the order to fill the position. It might yeah. be two or three different companies who are chasing yeah and finding talent and want to fill as quickly as they can because that's how the business really works. Yeah. So they are also looking at, in a way, the closest fit possible to the role as possible. So it is the job seeker's responsibility to really outline why they are a good fit for the role, something that the recruiter find it easy to handle and easy to deal with rather yeah. than complicated document which says, look, I just don't, even though you could be the great person for the job, but I just cannot handle this complexity of your of your document, of your work history. How how much true is that? 
Yeah, I the, the, the recruiters are also looking at, you know, the closest fit. So let's say, for example, someone who's wanting to change career, as we outlined, you know, from uh, account manager yeah. to business development. So it is it is that person's responsibility to outline why he or she would be a great BDM. Yes, you know, it's not the recruiter's responsibility to kind of investigate and find out no. uh, that you would be a, you know, a great BDM, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Like even yeah. I got I um one one person on on paper I presumed I spoke to him and um, but I think like if if you are changing industries like get on the phone like it's like it's an mm. expectation if you're applying for a sales job and you send a CV and you don't follow up like is that what you're going to do to your clients is that what you're going to do yes. to our, our clients' clients like it's there's all those little steps that we look for and when you do get high volume roles sometimes the people yeah. that, you know, for part-time positions, I've had 700 applicants for a job. And wow. it's literally list has been the ones that have called up because there's just oh. that many applicants to go through. And you just, like, that would be over a three-week period. And it's wow. just an overload. And the ones, Absolutely. Up, the ones that are right because they believe they're right. And usually, yeah, I'm not going to say it's right every time. Usually the ones that call up, you know, they're interested in the job. They want the job. Yeah. And, and they're the ones that end up going, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. We got a question. The question is, uh, Declan, about this, especially after the COVID-19, uh, you know, what are some of the uh, protocols that, uh, you know, job seekers can expect from the recruiter? Because, you know, the face-to-face -face coffee thing that used to be quite popular and quite acceptable will probably be a while to, uh, you know, before it normalizes, before everyone feels comfortable. Yeah, meeting someone unknown, um, you know. So, what are your views on moving forward? How should a job seeker should still approach recruiter in these times? Yeah, I think well, we could just do a simple video call like this. Mm. We're um, it it really depends on on the candidate. It's really case by case. Um, make sure you got unlike me. Make sure you got a, a well lit. Um, room for your video if you're going to do a do a video interview that definitely helps um, but I think you know it depends how what it's really personal preference like mm. I still met every candidate this week mm. so like I'm where our office is is open we're meeting people with yep. social distance, don't shake hands and it's um, yeah that's us so I would sure. still just, just treat it as per usual um, sure. we haven't really any client meetings um, but yeah, it's really case by case. Yeah, if they want to meet, yeah. more comfortable to meet, then um, then meet and yeah. keep social distancing and practice it like you would in any other meeting. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, also, you know, this idea of building relationship with recruiter is a uh, you know kind of we you know everybody talks about it. But tell us somebody who, in your view, built a great relationship with you. Give us an example of of a personal experience that you had with a candidate who really did tick all the boxes and, and build something from the scratch. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah, yeah. One recently, um, he I hadn't even seen his CV. He called me straight away as soon as he sent his CV in. Um, and he actually, he, he went to, he booked the, the interview over the phone um, yeah. to come and see me, which like in sales, it's that's pretty good. And he explained all his background and everything. We had a good chat. Um, yeah, and then he started in the role, and we've kept in touch ever since. And I think, um, and like, we've got each other on Facebook, and yeah, it's all just 
it's just like a, a mate. It's like that with, you know, a fair few of our candidates because, wow. you know, you, like we don't ever take, once you place someone in a role, you don't ever take them from the company. Like that's a big Absolutely. part of, um, in our eyes. So Absolutely. Um, I've had people that I've placed in jobs years ago and they've, mm. they've left the employer and they've come back to me and, you know, you still remember each other and then, um, and then you work together again. Absolutely. Or they work, work somewhere else and then get in touch with you. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about the you know most most of the you know recruiters would give a call to the to the job seeker to, once you've seen someone's resume and say oh, this person seems to be something that I'm looking at. What what do you look for in that phone call first five ten minutes because my view is it's all about the confidence the energy and the the excitement or the, the uh, you know the kind of uh, what we say uh, the the cultural fit for that role yeah. but what do you really look what are you really listening in in that 10 15 minute call yeah sure so like the way they answer the phone is just yeah mate how are you it's like you don't even know who i am they wouldn't even have my number never spoken before and if that's how they answer their work phone or even their personal phone it's, um, it's a bit off-putting, but that rarely ever happens. Um, and then the ability, because in sales, like we need people who are going to build rapport. So um, that's the biggest thing. Like, Do they build rapport or is it just like yes, no answers? Um, very cagey, like they don't want to tell you information because everything's so cool, confidential. Um, yeah. that's, the, that's the biggest thing. You want someone you can hit it off with and, and have a good conversation with, their guards down, and just, just honesty. And they're not trying to oversell themselves. They're just telling you mm. about themselves um, because nothing's worse than, you know, cliche lines like, oh, what are your selling expectations? Oh, a million dollars. You know, just, just like, <laughs> if it's up to me, you, I mean, you know what I mean? So it's all, um, yeah. people that want to make your job easier. Like, yeah. seriously, everyone wants, to, everyone wants life to be easy for them. It doesn't mean you're lazy. Sure. It's just make the process easy for everyone. So my clients sure. use recruiters so they can don't have to do an ad on seat. They don't have to worry Absolutely. about the job. They don't have to do all the, the groundwork. So everyone just wants life to be easier for them. So if you're Absolutely. a kid, um, you can be easy to deal with. It's stress-free. Um, you're easy to, like, it's easy going. That's, um, that's the biggest thing that I look for. Yeah. And maybe they answer questions straight yeah, and what what are some of the some of the kind of weird experiences that you had with job seekers? And said, oh wow, I would never hire, or this is just way off the field. <laughs> oh yeah, it's um, well, we had had one the yeah we had one the other day. They um, uh, I don't know. Can you say this type of stuff? <laughs> On LinkedIn, right? but any, um, any, 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 any strange experiences that you felt that look, this is a big no-no. I would never hire this person at all. Um, big, oh, a big no-no, like asking the recruiter on a date. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Oh That's wow. Okay. Don't ask me on a date. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's I never funny. heard of that by the way, but yeah, maybe it's never, gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's never it's, heard yeah, of that. It's happened, yeah. I've been asked on it. On oh. I said, I'll just call my partner and find it. And, and uh, you know, 
in in terms of uh, you know if, if we, because we we're getting some you know good feedback uh, you know caroline we you know she's eating fish and chips uh, in somewhere that's what she said yeah. um but you know so you know to coming to the last uh, you know question one thing that i really want to understand you know from recruiter's point of view is the negotiation of salary yeah. uh, because it's like it's like a real estate agent you know the real estate agents you know has got a seller and the seller says look this is what i want to sell and they've got a you know a buyer and they are kind of in between somewhere managing both the expectations yeah. so so tell us some of some of the kind of insights uh, around how a job seeker should negotiate uh, you know a better deal with recruiter yeah. and when starting out this was a part that i was really bad at in my career like you know if i got a salary range from 80 to 100 i put forward everyone at 100 and then the client would offer 80 and i'd be like oh i've done all this work and now we're in this silly negotiations and i just yeah so now i'm just very if a client says i get them to obviously make it as small as possible and the usual rule of thumb if they go 70 to 80 thousand they're always going to offer 70. So that's why I'm just very, very clear. I like 70, maybe 75. So um, we get the candidates, like when they get interviewed by us, we get um, like the first part, the first is um, like your notice period, your like what your salary are. We write it, like we fill it out in their form and then um, like what holidays or time off they have coming up and then we get into like the actual interview questions um, because that is just, then it's just rock solid and because yeah. nothing's more painful then um, getting to the end of the process and you're in that juggling act. So I always just go, rule of thumb is what the lowest offer is. Just say, mm. that's the role. Don't go ahead if it's any more. Depending on the client, if I know the client and, you know, they're flexible and I've worked with them before. Um, but I just, and most of the time people, are, it's it's just better that way. It's up front. It's locked in. And because the last sure. thing you want to surprise is, because as a recruitment consultant, your job is relying on everyone telling you the truth. If not every single person in the, everyone's that's your you're like you're just a lie detector you're just trying to work out who's lying to me who's who's full of it who's telling me the truth and you do that yeah all your, that's what your job is yeah. to work with a lie detector so um and that's from a client and a candidate absolutely you know, like, i mean like we got the best everyone says they got the best culture so we got the best culture we never have staff turnover the candidate gets in the role and they're like oh mate Good to see you. You're you're the fourth person this week. I hope you make a go of it. You know what I mean. So you're relying on like, because then if you know yeah. that, you can work with them to be like, why did we? How did we even get here? Let's make yeah. fixes before we recruit the role. Because we're not going to be the we're a recruiter. We're not going to put a magic person in, and you guys are doing all the same stuff that's made every other person leave. Just because you paid a fee from our camp, that doesn't mean they're going to put up with everyone bullying or harassment or. You know, not harassment, but whatever goes on. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. So, yeah, that's um, yeah. that's yeah. No, that makes sense. That really makes sense. This role seventy grand. You're happy with seventy, and I just reinforce that the whole way through. Did you bring up? Did you did the client bring up salary in the interview? Um, yep, you spoke. Yeah, he said it was seventy k. Well, no surprise, seventy k. Um, that's and then right. It, and then I've gotten a lot better at being a lot firmer with that. Um, absolutely. You don't want to waste everyone's time. You know, the candidate gets upset, you get upset, the client gets upset. It's a drain on everyone. Everyone's got to restart the process. Agree. So, um, yeah, I'm just very particular on that. You know. Agree, agree. Yes. Yeah, because that's that's that could be the the kind of you know uh, things that will uh, not get the deal through. Because I remember 
one of my experiences is uh, one of the one of the tape here the i got the got through the interview uh, and they offered me the job they sent me a contract and the no. contract had the the salary which was inclusive of superannuation now now that i you know then i checked the job description which did not say anything about mm. this then i said but you know they said this is what you asked for i said no this is what i asked for but i i never said that it was inclusive of super it was yeah, always no. exclusive of super yeah. but they said no we didn't you know this is what we can offer and then i had to decline that's a great job uh, but then i had to decline because it was just going to take 10% off the salary yeah. but that was then i learned that that i need to be absolutely clear uh you know every time don't assume that if i say 70k that means that it is exclusive of super now i need to explicitly say the 70 yeah. plus, thousand plus superannuation and when we send over our um when we send so we give our candidates like a candidate profile so it's got mm. um notes there like the products they sold who they sell to the industries they sell to the sales figures reasons for leaving decision makers they deal with key achievements for each of their roles so they get that and then also the salary is um is on there whether it's a car or car allowance in sales so you know even if a client were to come back and offer them less it's like hey we've written out there from the start you interviewed them on the basis that you would offer them 70k like don't offer them 65 and that's been mm. like and you actually submit them at a at a at a price at the salary that everyone's after so like say for example it's 70 to 80 there might be a 70k candidate who's got less experience 75 has half the experience and then 80 has the exact experience so then in those situations it works perfectly and they can tell why that happens because if they're not going to offer an 80k candidate 70 grand they'll just be look silly so you know given when we um when I started blended that was a one thing mm. because I was so bad at that in the past when I started and you think like you're trying to budget as well for your job because it's relying on you filling a position and yeah. you've done all the groundwork and then then nothing's worse than negotiating about a role it's not exciting anymore once it's been back for clients for the candidate like you say like, yes i got the job you know i'm excited tell my mates this weekend you know mum's going to be so happy and um and then you know it's got to be a good experience for everyone they just get yeah. contract salary is what it says maybe a little bit more i've had some clients go yeah you put him forward at 85 but we've given him 90 and then the candidate's wrapped you know what i mean so um and okay. then they they got even in a better position They're like far out i wasn't expecting to get 85 i got 90 this is the best company ever so then um and they start yes. really nice. So yeah. yeah, excellent. Excellent. All right, Declan. Thank you very much. Look, it's been sensational, and finally we get to, you know, chat with you. Uh, you know, we wish you very, very uh, best with your blended employment. Uh, you know, and you know, we wish that you continue to grow, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, become much bigger player in the recruitment space. We're just we're still in our apprenticeship. We're only a second year apprentice, so um, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> No, no, you are absolutely you are. I, I really, uh, you know, uh, loved your energy and the positive outlook. Uh, you know, that's what the feedback that uh, you know we got is that um, the, the the way you responded to the feedback that uh, Blake gave you uh, says a volume about you because it's it's it isn't uh, you know easy uh, to to receive to process and then to act on that. So that yeah. says a volume about you, Declan, and you know, yeah. wish you all more, more, uh, you know, more power to your work. 
No, I appreciate it. And I really appreciate what you do for everyone on here as well. It's fantastic. Because I know you do, you, like, you, you've like you got your normal job and then this is on top. So yeah, writing that I've got 12 years against Blended. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Have a great uh, rest of the day and we'll chat soon. Thanks, White. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.